Hey guys, and welcome back. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Eagles Wisdom, episode 139, Personal Growth as a Model for Society. What do I mean by that? So I'm Chris Bircher, and what I want to talk to you about today is this story I'm trying to piece together. You know, for the last 15 years or so, I've been on a serious personal growth journey. You know, sort of like, I don't know if it was Socrates or Plato that said the unexamined life isn't worth living. I guess somewhere along the line, I decided I was tired of not feeling well about things. I was tired of having low self-esteem. I was tired of, you know, being sort of codependent. I was tired of not enjoying my days enough and tired of, you know, just feeling exhausted all the time, tired of feeling like I was having this, my life was this Sisyphean process of, you know, one step forward, two steps back and never really feeling like I, you know, completed anything or always sort of feeling defeated, you know, and and I, so I, I set out to learn as much as I could about the people that came before me that thought about these things, the psychologists, the psychologists, the poets, the musicians, you know, that sort of pondered life's meaning, right? Why am I here? What's this all about? And how do I, you know, make the best of it in the time that I have? Uh, I think, I think every, well, not everybody, I think a lot of people do this. I think it's sort of bimodal. You kind of do it at 18. You kind of do it again in midlife or whatever. Uh, and, I'm, and that's the journey that I'm on. And, and what I've realized lately is that when you do this work, and it is a work, and it is a practice, it's like uh, working out. You know, you don't maintain a healthy body by doing a couple of things every once in a while. You, you, you build a habit into your life. And the way that this is expressed often in the personal growth world is through mindfulness or meditation. And you sort of have to retrain your mind. You have to accept that for a lot of your life, probably all of your teenage years and maybe some of your adult years, you were fed information that you didn't really concede to, right? You didn't, you didn't think about, you didn't process, you just behaved as you were told by the people in your life that, that, that taught you. And a lot of this is good, right? Don't go outside without pants on. Don't poop in the street. Don't masturbate in public. You know, drive slowly, drive on the right side of the road, obey laws. You know, these are all some good things. But we also learned a lot of things like our race is superior or women can't do certain things or, you know, you have to, um, whatever. We, we learned a lot of things that weren't good, too. And then Don Miguel Ruiz calls this the process of domestication. And I think a fundamental purpose of a human's life is to check in on this stuff. And I think it happens again in a midlife crisis. It happens a lot of times when you experience trauma. I went through a divorce, and that sort of is what, you know, what what spearheaded or created a need and opened the void or shined the flashlight on on my sort of um, need, I guess, or interest or curiosity about learning to be a more complete person. And and then of course some people will never want to do this, and it never happens. But I think it is a natural. Uh, part of life to be introspective and, and to sort of to sort of ask the type of questions that um, fall under this psychology, philosophy, personal growth, poetry, artsy. You know, what did I? How did I grow up? But then, the, and again, the example I always use is religion or political affiliation. Most people, their religion or political affiliation is whatever their parents were. Think about that. I mean, think about that. Think about that. You know, when I was a kid, we called this critical thinking. We needed to learn critical thinking skills. All that means is, you know, to acknowledge that a lot of the 
personality traits, beliefs, um, experiences we carry around aren't ours. They don't belong to us. They belong to somebody else. You know, the American dream is a good example. Like we were all sort of taught that we grew up in America that we needed 2.5 kids and $100,000 a year and the Buick in the driveway and the white picket fence or, and the dog. And, and we all just sort of, we didn't ever question this, you know, question authority, right? I don't know if that was Abby Hoffman or one of those, you know, 60s um, counterculture people. That was the movement, right? What happened to that, <laughs> You know, and maybe what we're seeing in, in generations younger than me is 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 this. I don't know because I'm not there experiencing it, but I think we need I hate to use these kind of like demanding words or like preachy or projective words, but I think it behooves a person to ask themselves if what they think they believe is what they really believe. And that's what personal growth is as a nutshell. Going through your filing cabinet, you know, of your beliefs and your feelings. And sort of figuring out which ones are yours and which ones are somebody else's. And that's another one. So the the big part of this work is what I've realized is I am so ignorant. I think I know stuff. I think I'm smart. You know, I have an attitude about sort of my ability and capacity to know myself, right? I feel like this is right up my alley. I'm good at this. I have a PhD you know, I can do stuff. I ran a successful business. I have a, you know, a, a productive real estate portfolio. I have a healthy family. Uh, and my role in my family is, 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 is learned. You know, I feel good about that stuff. But I'm constantly amazed by the things I don't know. And the perfect example of that is my recent experience with feelings. You know, I remember when I came out of the divorce, people would ask me, what do you like to do? What do you want? How are you feeling? I just was like a deer in the headlights. Because for the first time in my life, I really thought about that. You know, it's like when you run into a buddy on the street and they're like, hey, what's up? Nothing. How you doing? Fine. You don't really think about the answers to these questions. And so I became aware that I really had no, um, I don't know what the word is. I had no, like, I don't want to say control, but I had no regulation of my, those things, right? I felt like I was just like, flowing downstream in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bunch of eddies and flow and current of emotions and feelings and needs. And I didn't really know. I thought they were all somebody else's, right? Who am I? I'm just a product of my environment. And that was a terrible thing. I was like, no, no, no. I, I have a, an um, agency. That's what I was looking for. I had no agency with my life. I didn't know what I was feeling. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Because all of the things that I thought I felt and needed and wanted to do were somebody else's. And I think, uh, you know, at some level, it's pretty easy. Like when you're a 14 year old kid, like you want to have sex all the time, or, you know, you want to experiment with drugs, or, or you know, people, hedonism is kind of an easy one, right? A lot of people, that's a direct sort of link to what do I want now? I'm just going to do it. I've known people in my life that think like that. Not everybody is introspective and, 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 and hesitates, right? You just do, you do, 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 but that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is just to sort of, you know, think about it. And that's what meditation does for me is it buys me the capacity to take a breath before I react. It used to be, you know, somebody would say, how do you feel? I would automatically insert something I was given, something I was taught, something I learned as a kid that I never thought about. Um, Oh, I want to smoke weed or I want to go skateboarding, you know? 
that now maybe some maybe those aren't good examples. Um, <coughs> I want to get a good job, right? I want to make money. You know, why did I say that? I don't know. What do I need money for? Well, I'm told I need money. I'm I'm struggling a little bit here, but I think you know what I'm what I'm talking about. And until we honestly take what the Toltecs and Don Miguel Ruiz and Carlos Castaneda call the personal inventory and sort of lay these things out, what have we done? How are we to move through the rest of our lives on this autopilot? I mean, maybe it's the easy way out, but are self-driving cars really that good of an idea? You know, should we just cut everybody loose in society to do whatever it is they were programmed to do in their youth? Like, isn't it important to check in on this, to like manage (laughs) and adjust, you know, as we grow, as we age, as we whatever, as we move through, as life unfolds, don't we want to have the capacity to ask if this is right? Or feels good or is best. And so, yeah, when I, when I recently learned about nonviolent communication being about emotions we don't understand that cover up a need we've never really identified, they get in the way of us actually getting those things done. You know, and so there's, there are ways. And anyway, that set me on the road of sort of trying to understand what I'm feeling at any given time. And I found out that I really don't know. Which makes me think, not because I'm special or anything, but but solely because I'm not special or anything, probably everybody else struggles with this too. And that might explain a lot of the weird shit that I've experienced in life and why people do the things they do. Because they don't, they didn't think about it. They just inserted some program, some pattern that they'd done before and it seemed to be all right. You know, last time it was a Saturday night, I drank 12 beers and it was awesome. So I'm like, I'm going to do that again tonight. And my real point in this whole episode is not, so the individual personal growth is awesome. Once you start to question these things and once you start to identify what your feelings are and what your needs are, it simplifies everything because then you can run all your experiences as life unfolds through these filters and kind of go, yep, 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 nope, nope, yep, this agrees with my values. Yeah, I'm being good here. Yeah, I'm in integrity here. Yeah, if I make this decision here, then that agrees with the values and the feelings and the needs that I have and I know. And if I know if I do this, I'm going to regret it because I have this need. Or maybe this need is covering up something else and I need to, or I can potentially work on that and like free myself up and create some space in my life to be a little bit more relaxed. That's all great. My argument with this episode is... The same thing needs to happen in society. Until everybody does this, until everybody starts to work on themselves, until everybody admits we don't know what the hell is going on in our life a lot of the times, and some of us at all, to varying degrees, we're all working on something. We're all, we've all experienced trauma. We're all going through something. Until we can accept that, realize that, and start operationalizing and normalizing that in our conversations and our interactions, ain't shit going to happen. We're not going to get anything done. Or it's just going to take forever. Or what I think is probably going to happen, and a lot of the sort of future projection, the doomers, the climate change people, they're saying that if we don't get in front of this, if we don't be proactive about our future as humans getting along on the planet Earth, we're going to be forced into reactive mode. Some bad stuff's going to happen. You know, it's like like my... 
major professor and master's degree, Len Smock, said, the next world war is going to happen when the water doesn't come out of our faucet. The next world war is going to be fought over water. See my last episode. Now, I don't know if that's true. That's not what I'm trying to say. But there's 8 billion people on the planet is a recipe for disaster. If we can't communicate with each other and understand each other, ain't shit going to get done. And I think using tools like nonviolent communication, and if, and if we can, as individuals, do our work and then come together and sort of go, hey, I've been doing my work, you've been doing your work, let's try to work together, then it spreads out. And that's the solution. That's what I'm working toward. That's the, the synthesis of all this stuff and why I do what I do and what I think about on my downtime is sort of figuring out how to do that that won't take forever or how to do it in such a way that we can get ahead and be proactive. we got to have personal growth at a society level. And I think... The same set of tools like meditation, like nonviolent communication, like self-awareness, like the personal inventory, you know, all those same tools that we do as individuals to, to sort of better ourselves and to live an examined life and find value and understand our feelings and needs and our values. We do that and then, okay, good. Maybe we do that like me. We do it in our family. We sort of reach out and we try to... You can't force somebody to do that, though. Like, I even look at my wife and I'm like, she's just not ready or like, I can't dictate what she does. I can't I can't affect her personal growth. That's her thing. All I can do is sort of encourage her and show her, show up and say, I am feel so much better. You know, here's what I did. We do that step by step, and then we start to do it two by two. And then it goes concentric circles, right? The individuals at the middle, and then their intimate family members or friends or whatever are in the next circle, and then they're sort of coworkers and their acquaintances and out and further and further. And, and, and that's how it happens. That's how we create change. It's the only way. There's no working around this. There's no sitting down at a table and having a conversation about California's got more wealthy white people. And so, yeah, we're going to pump water from Southwest Virginia where there's just a bunch of old toothless rednecks or, or whatever. And we're going to take advantage of them. And that's how it is. That's what, you know, that's the sort of thing that's going to continue to happen until we empower everybody with an awareness of their own personal status, which then sort of creates the capacity to have conversations at a local level in those concentric circles in your family and your local governments and, and sort of say, hey, here's what's going on. Let's talk to each other in a, in a nonviolent way that we, that, that's about bettering ourselves, getting our needs met, getting your needs met, being aware of all these things. You know, Until we know what those things are, we're just flinging poo at each other. We're just like the monkeys flinging poo at each other. And as sophisticated as you might want to think the U.S. Constitution is or any of these other sort of geopolitical devices that we use to sort of manage human behavior, they are just a bunch of monkeys flinging poo at each other until we can really... We skipped a bunch of steps, and that's my point about my own personal growth. I made these massive leaps, and people do this all the time. You take ayahuasca, and you have some spiritual... Uh, experience and you think you figured it out, but you skipped all the important intermediate steps. You don't even know what you're feeling besides super stones or, or, you know, like you met God or whatever it is. And I'm not diminishing the value of those experiences, 
But you got to walk before you can run. And I know me personally, man, I was I was looking right ahead to I was having this doing this great somatic work and having you know, working trauma out of my body and I can and I can do this now, which is great. But I didn't even know what I was feeling. I didn't even I you know, I understood psychological treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, EMDR, you know, some of the other thing, mechan- uh, tools that we use to sort of enhance our mental health. I got those. I got them. I, I read them in the book and I go, I get why you're doing that. I see the problem. I see the technique. I see how that leads to a solution, but I didn't feel the solution. And then as I experienced some tools where I did have a solution, I just, I didn't realize, and I think this is why personal growth isn't linear, right? It's different for everybody because uh, it's, it it's based on the degree and the amount and the types of indoctrination and beliefs that we've accumulated in our lives. And we sort of have to undo that stuff in our own way. But there are fundamental pieces of that that you have to undo. And one of those is just having agency for your own mind. You have to understand yourself. You have to examine yourself before you're ever going to be able to interact with people. And if we can't interact with each other, how are we ever going to get anything done? Especially now when there's 8 billion of us. It's sort of like, and I hear this now, you know, when people say you have to love yourself first, I'm not sure if that's literally true or not, because usually it's said in the context of you can't get into a healthy relationship until you have a healthy relationship with yourself. Until you truly love yourself, you won't be able to project or direct that love in another person. I don't know about that, but I get the fundamental gist of that is true. In order to talk to each other effectively in a way that we can really loosen the fuck up, let down our guard and be vulnerable like all that work Brene Brown and Kristen Neff and everybody else are doing in the psychological realm. Until we can do that, we have to find it in ourselves. And then we do it together and then we sort of build out. And it, and it sounds like every cheesy love song and a bunch of Grateful Dead tunes, you know, that, all the poetry, all the, all, all, it's all that. I'm not the first person to say this by any means, but I have come to it through my own secure, circuitous path to understand that that is fundamentally true. I don't know about true, but it's accurate. There might be other ways to do this, but the ways that we're doing them now ain't going to happen. We're not going to vote our way to a clean earth. We're not going to vote our way to less, fewer wars. We're not going to capitalism our way uh, into happiness and satisfaction. We're, we're not going to politicize ourselves away from human suffering. The way we're going to do this is we're going to communicate with each other. Sure, we developed this awesome language thing. We can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. We can sing songs and do, you know, alphabets and sophisticated words and we can talk. But all we end up doing is talking at each other until we learn to listen. And what that really means to ourselves and to our own needs and feelings and to each other Ain't shit going to happen. And I don't think you want that. I don't want that. So I hope uh, that is meaningful to you, and I hope that you'll hang out with me as I sort of develop uh, more evidence and better strategies to go about doing that and, and, and 
come up with new ideas about how we can actually change the world. I'm Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This is episode 139, Personal Growth as a Model for Society. Take it easy.